ไม่อยากจะพูดว่าฉันมีของทานด้านนี้ไม่ใช่แล้วก็คือไม่ได้พูดด้วยเจตนาบริสุทธิ์ But I know I have a gifting of an apostle for this area of the world. An apostle is simply someone who builds foundations for other, who sets down foundations for other people to build upon. So I build foundations. So now I'm going to build a foundation, and I'm going to use the Word of God in 1 Corinthians 11. Okay. So listen very carefully and understand what the Word of God is saying. For I received from the Lord. Okay. That which I also now pass on to you. I know these are the words of Jesus. But I'm standing here representing Jesus. I'm not Jesus. I'm His servant. And as His servant, I pass on what I have received to you. As I pray, the sick are healed. Situations are changed. Demons are cast out. So what I have received, I pass on to you. Amen. That on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, when he had given thanks, is that something that's missing from your life? Do you give thanks every day? Not just for food, but for everything that God has done. So he took the bread. And it was significant because it symbolized his body. And as he had the bread in his hands, he gave thanks, and he broke it, just as his body was going to be broken. And he said, "This is my body, which is given for you." Isn't that amazing? That Jesus gave thanks because of the sacrifice he was going to make. What's the depth of our thankfulness? The depth of our thankfulness is relational to the amount of our joy. f 
Freely we receive, freely we give. Praise God, we receive first. Then we give afterwards. Jesus gave first. Before he ever received anything. God gave his son first before he received the church. But we receive first. Aren't you glad God is so merciful? We don't have to earn our salvation. It is free. But in the midst of that, we aren't thankful. And because we're not thankful, then we don't understand what it is to experience the receiving. So it's so important for us to understand today that as we come around the communion table and we take this bread the first thing we do is give thanks. So that what has been broken can be renewed. Because you have to take the whole package. There's the death, praise God, where sin is dealt with. But then there's the resurrection. Where death is defeated. So in that understanding, we give thanks because now there is no weapon that can be fashioned against us. And that all things are possible. Amen? Not some things. Not most things. But all things. Amen? All things. All things. Praise God. So the dead are raised. Got people in the congregation today that have been dead and now they're alive. Praise God, by the power of God, been raised up from the dead. I mean, it's not some story back in the Bible. It actually happens. We've got people in this room who have been completely healed of cancer. Hallelujah. We've been got people in this room that have been given two weeks to live and a year and a half later they're still going and leading communion this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
So whatever your problem is today, it starts with recognizing that sin and death have been conquered in your mind, in your heart, and in your spirit. So as we take communion today, let's first of all, when we receive the bread, take it and keep hold of it till I tell you, and we will give thanks, and we will break it in two. And as we do that, as you do that, as you break it in two, surrender your mind, surrender your heart, surrender your spirit to the presence of God. Amen? And let's see an end to wrong attitudes, wrong thoughts. And I declare that today, that people here, you're going to change. So the first thing you think about in the morning is praising Jesus. And every problem becomes an opportunity for a miracle. I don't want to get rid of problems because I want to see miracles. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't that fantastic? We have more testimonies of what God has done. Every week there are testimonies of the greatness of God in this church. A lot of people are away today. Praise the Lord. If you're listening to the podcast, which I hope you are, stop the computer or whatever you're listening to it on. Go and get yourself some bread and some juice to do communion with us. Praise the Lord. It's not being recorded, right? It is recorded. So, uh, can the service come forward? Now take and hold until we will receive. Now, that was just the bread. But he also took the cup. And when he took the cup, what did he do? He said, This is my blood, the new covenant in my blood. And it's given for you. 
So, Romans 12 tells us that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is really important because it's nothing that you do. That releases you from the condemnation of sin. But as you take this cup today, you can be free from the guilt of that sin and you can turn away from those ways. So that you don't have to suffer that condemnation anymore. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, hold the bread before you. Think about what you need to thank God for. What is it that you need to thank God for? Thank God that it can be washed. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll just wait for Nan to get ready. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Let's just thank God for, the, for, for what he's done, his body that was broken for us, and all the areas we need to thank God for. What has God done for you? What has he given you? Now let's think of all the areas that we complain about. I'm not talking about a one-off complaint, somebody that happens while you're driving home. But I'm talking about the things that you continually complain about. The things that you co- you're constantly uh, worried about. The things that dwell in your mind, that dwell in your heart, that dwell in your spirit.
because all those places should be the dwelling place of God. So what's living there that causes you distress? And as you focus on those things, take the bread and remember Jesus' body was broken to set you free from those things and break it in the name of Jesus. And now, eat it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that in the name of Jesus, strongholds are being broken. Wrong thoughts are being cast out, never to return. Wrong attitudes are being changed and the work of the Holy Spirit is producing fruit. Fear and worry is being removed from the heart and replaced with the love of God. We do this by faith. But we know that faith is the evidence of the things that we hope for. And in so doing we take the cup. Because by the blood of Jesus Christ any condemnation from the things that we have thought, the things that we have said, the things that we have done, the things that we hold in our heart. It is now going to be washed away. So thank you Jesus and in faith take the cup and claim the cleansing. Hallelujah. Father God we thank you because you are fantastic and I am renewed now some people are, have got things that they are concerned about so now as we're in the presence of God we're going to pray for those situations so if you've got a situation stand to your feet stay I haven't told you guys to go 
But if you've got a situation, stand to stand to your feet. If you need to see God move in power, stand to your feet. Right. I mean, you've got a, you have got a real problem, and you want God to answer it. Stand. That's what you're standing up for. If you love Jesus and you just want to stand up because other people are standing up, sit down and shut up. <laughs> You're standing up because you've got a problem and you can't solve it and you want God to solve it. Right, so is everybody standing that should be standing and everybody sat down that should be sat down? Praise the Lord. There's three people sat down. Hallelujah. Well, that's great because that means we're going to have lots of miracles, right? Amen. Praise God. So just reach up, stretch your hand out to God. And right now, because what I've received, I've passed on to you. In the name of Jesus, the same God that raised Tang On from the dead, the same God that healed one the part of cancer, the same God that healed Glenn's stomach ailment, the same God that healed Mayor Pai Boon from cancer. The same God, and we could just go on and on and on. That raised a little baby, Asajan, from the dead after being dead two days. The same God lives in you. And this is just incredible. He lives in you. So in the name of Jesus, we bring our problem to you, Lord. And we dare to believe that you would solve it in your way. That is better than what we imagine. Because God is able to do far and above that which we think or imagine, right? So don't tell God what he's got to do. Give the problem to God. And leave it with him. And we believe as we corporately come together, united with one voice, that in the name of Jesus, that situation will be resolved within one week. And that next Sunday will be a Sunday of testimonies. Now I have complete faith that God will not let us down so that somebody doesn't have to prepare a message to preach.
เชื่อนะคะว่าพระเจ้านะนะคะจะไม่ทําให้เราต้องผิดหวังพระเจ้าจะให้เราได้เห็นการอัศจรรย์เกิดขึ้นทําให้คนที่So what's gonna get God gonna do? Is He gonna do it in you? Why should God choose you? Well, I'm gonna say, why not? Why not you? Right? If not you, who? If not now, when? Yes. Amen. So. Prove that God is real. And next week you will have a testimony. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Hallelujah. So, what have we got to sing? No, we won't sing that one. Um, but that's okay. I'm the senior pastor. Um, Yes, we're going to sing. You are stronger again. Did you get the little conversation at the front? You like that, do you? Right. It says it's okay. We don't have to sing. The time has gone. I said, Well, yeah, it's all right. I'm the senior pastor. We can sing if we like. Praise God. That came for us, humble to a sinner's cross, broke my shame and sinfulness. He rose again, victorious. Faithfulness none can deny. Through the storm and through the fire, there is truth that sets me free. Jesus Christ still lives in me. You are stronger. You are stronger. Sin is broken. You have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of Hallelujah. No beginning and no end. You're my hope and my defense. You came to seek and save the lost. You paid it Christ is risen, Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are stronger, sin is broken, you have saved me. Christ is risen, Jesus, you are Lord of all. 
So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. Come on, let's raise the roof. Let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. Let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your name is higher than any problem that we have. Panam Kompajau, Sunkwa Panha, Tukyang Tirongi. Hallelujah. You are stronger, you are stronger. Sin is broken, you have saved me. It is risen, Christ is risen, Jesus, you, Jesus, you are Lord of all. Jesus, you are Lord of Jesus, you are Lord of all. Jesus, you are Lord of all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Now you can sit down. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have an announcement. Actually, we have a declaration of something fantastic. Other churches have announcements. We have declarations of fantastic things, okay? Guys, if you want to go and hear an announcement, go somewhere else. We have a declaration of a fantastic event. Amen. And God has chosen me to make that declaration. And God has chosen you to listen to it. (laughs) Aren't you so blessed? (laughs) Amen. Well, we have a very special day next Saturday for the ladies. We have our next Destiny Transformation Women's Empowerment Meeting. <laughs> and God has chosen all you ladies here to be part of that. Why? Why not? Amen. So we will be following our theme that God has chosen you. 
And we will be looking at the life of Esther. So this will be next Saturday, 10th of November. Here in this church at 10:30 a.m. So God has chosen all of you ladies to be part of that. And it, at the moment, it is in English. But if your language is not English and you want to come along, we've had people come and they've just understood the presence of God. So don't let language be a problem. So next Saturday, 10:30 a.m. here. Because God has chosen you. Amen. Praise the Lord! Right now, children can go to Kids for Christ. Is there a Kids for Christ? No, a lot of the teachers are not here. Well, Andrew's not here. Yeah. Okay, Kids for Christ now then. Or KFC. It's finger licking good. Praise the Lord. I don't know why I keep saying that because nobody laughs. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. PowerPoint, please. Wonderful. We're continuing our look at eat some more cake. Eat some more cake. Part two, even the crumbs taste good. Have you got the cake still? Have you got the cake or have you given it? Oh, you've given it to him. Right, okay. I, you know, I was on about some cake that Margaret made. She made me some, hallelujah. Praise God. Mm, it was good. Sugar-free cake. Wonderful. The only cake you don't have to feel guilty about eating. Praise the Lord. Now, what seems to have disappeared is the remote. Where's the remote? Yeah, is it plugged into the back of the computer? Our technician is not here, folks. Praise the Lord. Well, while you're scratching your head and looking around, I'll carry on. So, last week we were encouraged to eat more cake. And in fact, I encourage you to learn how to eat all the cake. Now, this doesn't mean that you're rude when you go around to someone's house and they give you cake. We're talking about spiritual cake. In fact, we've eaten spiritual cake this morning. And I'll actually show you how that's scriptural later on. 
And of course, we looked at the story of Elijah. Where just a, a few hours after he'd defeated hundreds of priests on Mount Carmel, he runs away from Jezebel in terror. One moment the power of God is flowing through him. And the next moment he's overcome with fear and he runs so fast that he forgets to take his servant with him who's got the food. And he, and he runs and runs and runs and ends up in the wilderness. And there's one tree, the juniper tree, and he sits down under the juniper tree, and the juniper tree comes the Hebrew from the Hebrew root word which means to bind. And bound by fear, he lies down under the juniper tree and he looks up dramatically to heaven and says, God, kill me now. Uh. I mean, this is straight after the power of God has been flowing through him. He's the great prophet. And now he's in a right desperate state. And what did God do? He sent an angel. And the angel woke him up. And said, it must have been from England, the angel. Because the angel wakes him up and says, oh, would you like some cake? I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> You're terrified. And the answer is, would you like a piece of cake? This is amazing. Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he says to the disciples, Let's have supper together. And we've just shared in that supper. What is God doing? God is reminding us of something. God is reminding us that He is in control. When all hell is breaking loose, God serves cake. And 
You know why? Because God has no problem in knowing who He is. He knows who He is. So all hell can break loose. God serves cake. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because He is the all powerful one. Because the raging fire can be blowing. And God blows it out like a candle. Not hard. Nothing's impossible for God. And so he gives us cake for us to, re- be, rem- to, to remember who he is. You see, the big problem in the Old Testament, and I've said this many times, that the children of Israel forgot who God was. You've forgotten the Lord your God. That was the source of all their problems. And the source of our problems is that when we meet, come into contact with situations, we forget who God is. But in the presence of our enemies, He prepares a table for us. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine you, you, you can run into God? Help, help, help. Everything is going wrong. God starts to lay the table. Puts a nice cloth on. Puts out the cutlery and the plates. And then fills the table with beautiful cakes. And he said, but God, the problem, it's all around us, it's all around us. Psalm 23, verse 5, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Isn't that fantastic? Praise the Lord. And it just magically appeared on the screen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't this wonderful? Because God is demonstrating to us that He's the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He is your deliverer, your great deliverer. He's the great physician. And everything that worries you is nothing to God. I'm not saying he doesn't love you. I'm saying that the problems that worry you are not a worry to him. I 
And he wants you to see that you can have complete confidence in, in him in any situation. So even the Apostle Paul can turn and say, Death, the greatest enemy that we have. Death, where is your sting? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But praise God, we can be present with the Lord before we die, amen? So, when we see this context, a table, which means a meal, in the presence of enemies, that's the context. That was the context, similar context in 1 Kings 19, where Elijah was given the cake. Isn't it amazing that whenever we experience the most difficult of challenges, that God is with us? And not only with us, but he's preparing a meal for us. In other words, there is nourishment to be had even in the darkest circumstance. No matter where you are, no matter what circumstance you are in, there is spiritual food. And I've actually found that I learn more about God in the hard times than I do in the great times. Right? So, sometimes Margaret has to face a challenge. like preaching at the World Transformation Conference in Hawaii four weeks ago. So she says to me, why me? I'm not as good as other people. And so you know what we said to her because we shared with you before. And said to her, by reassuring words, No, you're not as good a preacher as they are. But you're the one that God has chosen. There's a thousand people better than me. There's a thousand preachers better than me. Probably ten thousand, maybe a hundred thousand preachers better than I am. Praise God. God bless him. But God chose me for this. He didn't choose them, he chose me. Is there someone better? Yes, but God chose me. There was a world full of people 
that could have spoken to Balaam. Balaam. Right? But God didn't choose any of them. He chose a donkey. Praise the Lord. And as Ed Silvoso says, it's better to be the flea in the ear of the donkey that Jesus chose than to be a great person somewhere else. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Be a blessed flea or a blessed tick. <laughs> right? Well, the other phrase he says, you know, well, he's got loads, but it's better to aim for the moon and miss than to aim for the ground or aim for a skunk and hit it. So in every situation there's a table prepared and we need to look for the table and eat the cake. Remember the purpose of eating the food from heaven is to give us strength for the journey where we can experience the presence of God. Elijah was in the wilderness with no food and drink, with nowhere to go. Right. And he actually had another 40 days, 40 nights journey ahead of him. Right, and we recognised last week that that is the, the symbolic number that shows us uh, how God's grace, that through God's grace, renewal takes place within us. Now, Earlier I shared that we went to the mayor's house on Tuesday and he made uh, dinner for us. And he set food before us. Now, we couldn't go and say, I'm not eating that. No. We ate the food. How much more so when God prepares a table before us? How much more should we eat what God has prepared? Yeah? Most of the time, we don't, we're not even aware that the table's set. Have you ever tried to get a child to stop playing and coming eat their dinner on the set before them on the table? 
are too concerned with what they're doing to come to the table to eat the food that's been set before them. And they eat two mouthfuls, but their eyes are looking at what they were doing before. And they say, I don't want any more. Can I leave the table, please? Can I go and uh, play again? I'm actually translating you. you know. Okay, she's, she's so good, she says my next sentence before I say it. Hallelujah. And uh, what a team. Amen. And it's, it's so difficult for us sometimes to even recognize the meal has been prepared. Because we're looking at the problem and not at the problem solver. And then we come and we eat the food. And God wasn't finished with Elijah because he only didn't eat all of it, so he had to make him eat some eat it until he was finished. When the Israelites travelled through the wilderness after they were freed from Egypt, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And they were given food from heaven. Manna fell out the sky. It not only nourished them, but it proved to them every day that God was with them because this manna miraculously came. And even though they saw the miracle every day, what happened was they got used to seeing miracles. Do you know what, what could be a problem in our church? We could become used to seeing miracles. Because what happened was, even though they saw this miracle happen every day, they started to say, oh, manna every day. It was better for us when we were slaves. Were you there? No. No. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? Right. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that? God's doing amazing things, but you're still complaining. Oh, it would have been better if I'd never got involved in this ministry. I had a better life then. I had more time. We can say the craziest things when we're under pressure. (laughs) 
something going on over there, hallelujah, praise God. May long may it continue. Would it, I mean, would we really be better off without saving grace? Was your life really better before you became a Christian? Really? Have you forgotten how you ran to Jesus to accept him? Would your life really be better without eternal uh, without assurance of eternal life? So why do we say those things? We say, oh, it's because we're frustrated. But when you say those things, you're actually speaking condemnation upon yourself. So we need to do what Elijah said, Elijah did. We need the anointing of shut up and sit down. And we definitely need some cake. You need that strength and comes from the Holy Spirit inside you. And as you eat the cake, you say, I guarantee that if it's good cake, when you eat that cake, what are you thinking about? If that cake is really good, I guarantee you're thinking about how good the cake is. Yeah? You think, oh, this cake is great. Mm. Right? I mean, someone's got a gun to your head. <laughs> and you're eating the cake, thinking, oh, mm, that cake is great. And, for, and while you're getting the taste of that cake, you forgot that someone's pointing a gun at your head. Have you ever wondered why the Bible says, taste and see? That the Lord is good. Because taste is one of those senses that you just take for granted. But when the taste buds are activated with something really, really nice. It captivates you, body, mind and spirit. And when you eat the cake that has been set before you, In the midst of your distress. And that taste hits you. God is saying, hey, quick, look, 
Look at me. Look at me. And you see the greatness of God. And all of a sudden, that big problem is cast into the sea. Because you've got a spark of faith in the Almighty God. If we look at what's around us, we'll succumb to fear. And this is the reason why most people fail. Not because they can't do it. But because they're afraid that they can't do it. In Matthew 15 and Mark 7, we read two accounts of the same story. The main difference in the two accounts is because Matthew demonstrates to Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. Praise God, but I haven't said Matthew 15:24 yet. Take it off. Okay. Well, good. Don't tell them before I tell them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, Mark is talking to Gentiles or non-Jews. And uh, in both cases, we see something amazing regarding the quality of heavenly food. Now, Margaret made me those wonderful cakes last week that I mentioned. And I am so nice that I've given one to Lynn. There you go. Nice cake. There they are. Sugar free. You don't need sugar free. Praise the Lord, they're precious, they're sugar free. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I, I, had, uh, a, I had three last night. Right. Well, I had one, and then I kind of like had another one, and then and I sort of like I had another one. Right. And then, like, there's crumbs on the plate. So, so then I go. Right. And there was not one crumb left. Right. And I turned to Margaret and I said, When I was a young boy, my mum would smack me for doing that. (laughs) 
And um, my mum now tells me, she's 90, she tells me, uh, you're not too old for a smack. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you want to keep humble, have a mother that's 90 years old. Tells you, you're not too old for a smack. <laughs> she saw, saw uh, something where I was speaking in front of 20,000 people. No, she didn't go, she saw it on the DVD. Yeah. And the uh, other comment was, I knew you'd make your way in the world with your mouth. <laughs> so yeah, you got to be careful in front of your mum because she knows you. She she was the one that washed you when you was a tiny tot. Praise God. So in this story in Matthew and Mark, a Canaanite woman comes to Jesus because her daughter is possessed by an exceptionally cruel demon. Now, I know all demons are bad. There aren't any good ones. But the verse suggests that this one's particularly severe. Now the disciples want Jesus to send her away. And this story is amazing because for the first time and the only time actually we see that Jesus actually refuses to speak to somebody. This woman is asking for mercy and Jesus won't talk to her. Does that trouble you? That Jesus, the saviour of the world, would not talk to a woman? Because when I first read it, I thought, why? Because there's no one. Jesus died for everybody. Why wouldn't he talk to her? So what he does say, Matthew 50, 24, he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, that's strange because isn't Jesus our saviour as well? Why does he say this when the woman is in such distress? Well, the answer lies in the fact that we know that she's a Canaanite woman. This is a woman who should never have existed. She's 
she's the offspring of people that did horrible things. In the Old Testament, when the children of Israel went into the Promised Land, the people there would sacrifice their children to their God. And that was not the worst thing they did. A lot of them were the product of not just normal human relationships, but between demons and people. And God told the Israelites, wipe them out. Because they're not a normal part of creation. And they didn't do it. So this woman, Jesus is ignoring her. There were people corrupt beyond redemption. There was no hope for them. And the woman gets on her knees and she begs Jesus for help. And in verse 26, Jesus said, It is not good to take the children's bread. Actually, the word there is the same word for cake. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Right. In fact, the Greek word there is the word artos. That's A-R-T-O-S for those taking notes. Right? And it doesn't just refer to any old bread, but it refers to the special cakes that were made for communion. Okay. So then she comes to Jesus again. Next one. And in verse 27 she says, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. You see, Jesus is not refusing this lady. She's taking her to a point of faith. He's taking her to a point of faith. That will ultimately reveal that salvation is for all. The power of God released at the cross that we've celebrated this morning 
can wipe out every sin. Your personal sin, the corporate sin of a nation or a city, even the sins of your ancestors. It was incredible yesterday as we prayed on the mountain with other churches to see a Thai pastor cry out to God to ask God to forgive their ancestors for things that have been done 15 generations ago. And the power that was released as we declared hope and blessing and peace over Phuket was incredible. And so salvation is available to everyone. Without question. Not because they deserve it. But because the price was paid in full. And they can receive it. This is the depth of God's mercy. This is the fullness of His grace. You can't walk in the fullness of God's grace, which is His richest blessing for you. If you don't also have a complete understanding of His mercy, you are forgiven and renewed, hallelujah, by the mercy of God and by the grace of God. Next slide. In other words, to really appreciate the gift, you have to really know and appreciate the giver. Which is why when you eat the cake, it points you to the giver. I guarantee if you go to someone's house and you eat some cake, you will ask one of two questions. When you put that cake in your mouth and you taste it and it is the best cake you've ever had. If you have faith in the person whose house you're in, you will say, did you make this? <laughs> if you don't have any faith in the person whose house you're in, you will ask, where did you buy this from? <laughs> you notice the difference. But the question will be, what is the source of this great cake? When you get this spiritual food, when you see it, and you taste it, and you eat it, you will look to the who, not the what. 
ไปที่บุคคลที่มอบให้เราได้ยินเราจะไม่มองไปที่สิ่งนั้นแต่จะมองที่ผู้นั้น Because whatever will never save you. It's the who, not the what. Hallelujah. This woman who knew Jesus, she knew who Jesus was. She really knew who she was. But she was ready to eat the crumbs. That fell through the cracks in the table. Because she knew how powerful a crumb was. One crumb from a cake prepared by God is powerful. One woman pushed through the crowd and just touched the hem of the garment that Jesus was wearing. And everybody was together like this, pushing against one another, push against, push, 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 push. Hundreds of people. And Jesus says, "Who touched me?" And the disciples are going, "What? Why does he ask us these impossible questions?" What did Jesus mean? Someone at the cake. Someone had reached out in faith. What did Jesus say to the woman? Oh, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And immediately, her the demon left her daughter. Mark's version says it a slightly different way. It says, "Because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter." Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what your situation is. Doesn't matter what you said. Doesn't matter what you thought. God's mercy extends to you. Hallelujah. And His grace is sufficient. Why do you think God gives us this opportunity to feast when we're surrounded by enemies? It's not rocket science answer. You don't have to have a degree to answer this question. Because it's the time when you need to eat and be strengthened. Simple. That's the time when we need to rise up and let our light shine. And in the darkness, we discover that His glory has risen upon us. And 
When we came down the mountain last night after praying, the sun was just going down. I wanted to call everybody up that, uh, that was on the top mountain, but I've forgotten my phone at home. <laughs> and, and we look, and the, the clouds had turned golden. And it was the glory, it was just like the glory of God was shining out. Now when it says to arise and shine in Isaiah 60, the word for, for uh, risen in Isaiah, or shine, should say, the word for shine, is sarak. And it means to send out beams of light. So it's a case of not just shining, but you're shining. Get some of that. Right? You're giving it out. Oops. Hallelujah. Now I'm falling over the guitar. Hallelujah. So what a picture. Even in the darkest place. God has cake for you to eat. And you are strengthened. And you arise. And you shine. And beams of light come out. That's why every transformation group should be a lighthouse of prayer. So what stops us from seeing all that tap happen every time? Well, the enemy uses fear. He'll tell you you're not good enough. He'll tell you, if you do that, you'll make a fool of yourself. You will lose your reputation. You'll lose your friends. You'll lose your job. Whatever it is, the devil will help you to see every way in which God's plan can fail through you. But hang on a minute. The cake's not finished. So while you're getting all these thoughts coming from the enemy, you say, I, just a minute, devil, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Oh. Mm. Mm. Oh. Mm. Sorry, what were you saying? God, yeah, okay, beam, beam, beam. Praise the Lord. Get those crumbs. Mm. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's more finger licking good than KFC. <laughs> it 
even a crumb can send the most savage demon away. Praise the Lord. Because the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you feel lost today? Well, got this to say to you, sheep. Jesus comes after you. If you're lost, he'll come and find you. He's really good at finding lost sheep. So can you take the cake? Can you eat it? You may feel like a dog on the floor. Well, chew a crumb. Come on. Our dog on Christmas Day will be 107 years old. Our dog creaks when she moves. You know, like when you had wooden furniture and you move wooden furniture and it goes. Even, even like that. Um, and uh, when our dog moves, that's the sound you hear. <laughs> In the morning, I greet her warmly. Still alive then? <laughs> <laughs> she, just, she just goes on forever. <laughs> and she's taken to doing this now, right? She's lying down with her head on the floor, <laughs> tile floor, <laughs> and she gets her tongue and she's licking the tiles. <laughs> and I said, Are those tiles nice? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Good, are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're looking away at the tiles. She's looking for crumbs. But she can't make the effort to move. So she's just having to go, are there any crumbs around? <laughs> you might feel like that. You're just too worn out. And you're lying with your head on the floor. I've got one piece of advice for you. Stick your tongue out. Because there's some crumbs. And all you need is one crumb. From a cake that has fallen from the table that God has prepared. Because... What he prepares is so powerful. Every crumb will set you free. You have everything to gain and nothing to lose. Amen. 
So we've already prayed for your situations. So now we're going to declare that the word of God that we receive this morning will encourage us. If you can sit at the table with a knife and fork and eat the meal, do it. If you can sit yourself down with a cup of coffee and a piece of cake that God prepared, do it. But if you're like a 107-year-old dog and you're lying on the floor and you can't move, then stick your tongue out and grab a crumb. Because whatever situation you're in, God is still the same God. Amen. Your situation may change. From eating a meal to eating cake to eating crumbs. But in each situation, God is the same God. And God can do the same with a crumb that he can do with a feast. Isn't that fantastic? So in the name of Jesus, we declare in heaven and on earth that as we have faith in your word, it shall be done as you have commanded. So Father God, help us to eat the cake. Whatever situation we're in, whichever position we're in, help us to eat the cake that causes us to put our eyes upon you. And as we look to you, with a small amount of faith, all things are possible. And we will be strengthened so that we can get to the place where you want us to be. We can win the victory in every situation. And we can change despair to hope. And we can declare your kingdom has come in our life. So do it, Lord, because your servants are ready to respond. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.